Thanks for joining me on the latest episode of The Property Perspective. I'm Michelle Chiselsky, partner and head of residential research at Knight Frank. Knight Frank Australia recently launched our 2021 Outlook publication with a focus on reinventing communities. It covered the urban evolution with a chapter on shaping cities post-COVID, reimagining work, the challenge and opportunity for the office, and also rebalancing capital market portfolios when responding to structural change. The publication also included a chapter on rethinking living, and this is most prevalent in the prestige residential space, with shifting patterns of demand, which has amplified over the last year. In this podcast, I'm delighted to be joined by Shane Harris, Head of Residential at Knight Frank, and Erin Van Chul, Partner and Head of Sales at Crown Residences at Wambarangaroo. Welcome to you both. Thanks, Michelle. Thanks, Michelle. Demands on the residential home are expanding, reflecting changes in the way our clients live and use their space. The COVID-19 pandemic, subsequent lockdowns, as well as closed state and international borders have given people time to reflect on their lifestyles. So Shane, when you're talking to our clients, what are their thoughts now that we are standing in 2021? Thanks, Michelle. People were right throughout 2020 and certainly in 2021 thinking about the fact that they can no longer travel overseas and enjoy those luxurious family holidays that they've done probably for the last 10, 15, 20 years. So what they're focused on now is having a place at home whereby they can work from home because that's been obviously prevalent right throughout 2020 and 2021 looks like being similar. People have changed the way that they work and live week to week. They've increased their property portfolios here in Australia. There's been a real push towards large detached family homes and there hasn't been many for sale. But incredibly, there was a huge number of high-end property sales right throughout 2020. There were, and this is certainly something that we have experienced not just over the last year, but the entirety of our sales campaign is people looking at right-sizing. So a huge amount of interest from people in wanting to live laterally, but in large apartments. And before Crown Residences came on board, there really were very limited options if that was how you wish to live. But we're not seeing people ditch the freestanding home altogether. We're seeing some people are maintaining that home, certainly in terms of future planning, that they might not want to live in an apartment immediately, but they see the opportunity at Crown as one that's too good to be missed because we're not anticipating them to come back to the market, certainly not in any significant numbers. And other people are perhaps trading out of the family home that's close to the city and buying a home for perhaps lesser value in the country or on the coast and then keeping an apartment in the city. And in reference to what Shane said, we see a lot of people looking at our apartments with the idea in mind that this is going to be a great place for the family to spend time together, certainly using the facilities and amenities. And it's a really lovely central place for quality time together. Spot on, Erin. I think that people have looked at their life and their lifestyle and had to pivot, not only in the accommodation that they choose, but also in the way that they manage their business. People have had to probably reduce costs because the income that they receive from their business hasn't been where it was in 2019. But that consideration about cost of living will continue until this pandemic's cleared up. Yeah, and really interesting from a piece of research that Michelle put out last year is in terms of between looking at the costs of maintaining a freestanding home and comparing that to strata fees on a prime or super prime property. And whilst sometimes people can bulk the cost of strata fees, what Michelle's data highlighted was actually 
it can be significantly more inexpensive to live in a, a strutted building. But that doesn't take into account the lifestyle element. And do you want to be spending your time managing a home or would you rather pay strata fees and have somebody else take care of all of that for you? And certainly with the purchases that we're seeing down at Crown Residences, they are absolutely placing a lot of value on the idea of somebody else looking after the pool, somebody else maintaining the tennis court, somebody else taking care of the window cleaning and not having to think about any of those things. So I think lifestyle is also a key factor for us too and something that's definitely at the forefront of a lot of people's minds since the pandemic. It's amazing, Michelle, when you think back through 2020 and everything that was happening, the huge number of high-end sales that were made right across Australia. Yeah, look, just, you know, even in Sydney in the last year, so in 2020, we saw 132 sales. The year before, 92 in that super prime space. So that's properties that are worth more than 10 million Australian. That's not all sales captured just yet for 2020. So we've certainly seen an elevated number of super prime sales in Australia. A huge increase through a pandemic. It's just unbelievable looking at the data side of things. Absolutely. And I guess we saw that even, you know, prior to the pandemic where... There just simply weren't enough of those ideal configurated apartments, the luxury downsized apartment that were suiting those buyers. So, you know, coming into the pandemic, obviously we're seeing supply drying up, or new supply that is. We're not necessarily going to see a huge amount coming out um, over the, the following years. So, yeah, I think that the inquiry that we're getting at the moment, our apartments are very much oversized and we would talk about those being homes in the sky. The proportions are really generous and they're the types of spaces that people are looking for if they think about living with a family or living just with a partner but also working from that space as well. As Shane said earlier, the requirement to have enough space in your property to live and work is becoming more and more important and we've seen an uptick certainly in demand from those people too. And that ongoing theme of shortage of stock has just continued. It was prevalent pre-pandemic, but has certainly continued through. One of the other things we've seen, of course, is global billionaires' net worth go up dramatically through this pandemic. So those assets that did come to market Mm. through the pandemic were snapped up by people and there was competition Mm. to try and buy them. And price almost, to a point, became irrelevant because they just wanted somewhere where they could base themselves and their family. And a safe haven. Indeed. Absolutely. And then we see the flight to quality and movement of putting more money into prime property. And that's obviously where we see you know, the market seeing some healthy growth as we move into 2021. So what we saw, particularly in the housing market, people were willing to pay more for something to get themselves into because they knew they were spending more time at home and they needed greater amenities. So in the mass market, we saw price growth, money was cheap, which then in turn pushed into the mid market and then into the upper end of the super prime market as well. In essence, particularly Sydney, Melbourne, in fact, most capital cities last Mm. year saw pretty reasonable growth considering everything else that was happening. So the ultimate uh, outcome of that was that the super prime end of the market saw greater competition than it's probably ever seen before. And we saw that certainly on the data side of things, but I guess we also saw on the sales side, but also the the prestige rental side of things, Mm. where there just simply wasn't enough for some of those people that are in that transient mode. And that was really pushing up weekly rents of prestige rentals, which was really quite the opposite to what we were experiencing in the mainstream market. Who are really engaging in this rental space? Shane, can you kind of talk us through some of those people that are demanding the rental stock? 
there's a lot of expats returning to Australia. Now, if they can't find the right super prime property to move into, then they're probably happy to rent something. Side by side with that, those expats that were overseas and did want to return home have probably moved back into the dwelling that they own here. So that has probably dried up some demand in the rental space as well. So there's a whole range of factors that will continue to impact on the super prime rental space as well. Mm. And we've obviously also seen a lot of knockdown and rebuilds underway where people haven't been able to buy. So therefore they need a rental for you know 12 to 18 months while they rebuild. It's certainly having an impact on that rental market. Our clients in this prime and now super prime space are incredibly private and we've sort of seen over the last you know 12 months a lot of them slipping home and we've seen a lot of off-market transactions taking place. I did notice over the summer you know I was trying to switch off from work but it was really hard. <laughs> it was really hard that every time I came out my front door I could see the stunning glass facade of Crown Resorts at Wambarangaroo. Everybody was talking about it over the summer. It's certainly transformed the city skyline. Erin, you're now on site there. How's it going? Oh, it is really exciting and it's fantastic to be there in the building. And I think after living in floor plans for such a period of time and now to actually be standing in those floor plans with actual rooms and windows and actual views, it's, it's hugely exciting. So our hotel is now open and has been for a couple of weeks as are 90% of our restaurants and I'm hearing a lot of our restaurants are booked up now until April. So wow. it's a really exciting new spot for Sydney Siders to come to and I think after being locked in for a while, somewhere new and exciting to go is proving really attractive to a lot of people around town. We're seeing a lot of staycationers. They can't take their usual holiday to Europe so they're taking the family down to Crown for a week and why wouldn't you? The amenities are incredible. It's really beautiful. From a sales perspective and our apartments have exceeded expectations that we've fast-tracked two residences that we have available for people to come and have a look at now and December and January were record-breaking months for us in terms of transactions. So a hugely exciting time for us. We're starting to run low on stock as that demand has really picked up now that you can touch and feel the actual product. It's truly exceptional, world-class. Regular feedback. It's unrivaled in <laughs> yeah, these countries. And, and that is regular feedback that we're receiving, Michelle. Uh, so many people that are coming in are, are telling us, well, nearly everyone is telling us that they've just never seen anything like it. The, the quality that we've delivered is most usually seen on a freestanding property or a standalone apartment refurb that one owner has achieved for themselves. It's not been done before on this sort of scale across this many apartments to be able to deliver that sort of quality of finish. It's one of the few occasions when you go to a display suite, you get sold the sizzle, and then when you actually get the opportunity to go on site, as we were lucky enough to do through the back end of 2020 and early 21, when you get inside the apartments and you actually touch, feel and see, they're actually better than what you thought yeah. they might have been, which is truly remarkable. And that's feedback we're getting from people that had viewed the marketing suite and are now coming on site. And we had that feedback again from someone else that came in this morning. Just it's exceeding expectations and that is a lovely position for us to be in. And then the service offering as well is exceeding expectations and people are having a, a great time down at Crown, including a lot of our purchases already which is great. Now I guess it's inevitable that as we ease out of lockdowns and borders reopen these shifting attitudes and emerging trends will have repercussions on the prime property markets around the world. 
look, economic, political, the pandemic uncertainty, it's skewed our, our residential forecasts towards the lower end of the range for each of the prime Australian cities. Although as each week passes, since we've released the publication, I can kind of see where we probably should have been a little, I guess, slightly more optimistic towards the mid-range, but I'm still quite comfortable with our view that we see healthy, sustainable growth over the, the next year in Sydney, Perth and the Gold Coast, expected to grow by a further 3% by the end of 2021, followed by Brisbane with 2% and Melbourne with 1%. Shane, I guess I'm going to direct this question to you. Being part of our global network at Knight Frank, what are some of the risks that you're monitoring with your counterparts internationally? What we've seen across the globe is the dramatic impact the way that a government has handled the pandemic and the ongoing ramifications of that management and what it's done to certain countries around the world. Now, we've been really lucky here in Australia with both the federal and state governments for the most part doing an incredible job of managing the pandemic, the movement of people locking down cities and states whenever they felt that they needed to. So that has seen us sitting here today in what I would say, compared to a lot of other countries around the world, in really great shape. Yeah, it's, it's amazing that we can actually sit around a table mm. right now when I know a lot of our colleagues aren't in that position Absolutely. at the present time. Yeah, that's right. So we are really lucky. Of course, managing economic outcomes for the governments moving forward, particularly for Australia, is going to be enormously difficult, but super important. The vaccine rollout and how that goes across the globe, we won't know probably for at least 12 to 18 months at the shortest time frame as to how that's going in, in far as managing COVID-19, but we're hopeful and optimistic that that'll do the job that it's meant to do. We saw late in 2020, the impact of the Pfizer vaccine announcement and the impact that that had on global equity markets, because that just gives people a sense of hope that we are going to be able to manage this in the longer term. In Australia, we have the potential to return to a more normal way of life sooner rather than later, provided all things go well. Of course, we still won't have overseas travel, so the tourism industry is going to be still hard hit for a long time, I would think. I might just stop you there for a second. Erin, can I just get you to jump in? From an international point of view, we've obviously had closed borders. How is that impacting sales in a super prime product? One would expect a lot of international bias. It's had very little impact on us at this time. Over 90% of our purchases are local Australian Sydney ciders. So the closed borders has not been a huge issue. Although from a wider perspective, you know, we would love to welcome more international visitors. We do need to learn to manage this as best we can. And obviously, particularly Michelle, I note there that your forecast in relation to Melbourne is lower than the others, mm. but their reliance for, you know quite a long time on overseas education and overseas investment into off the plan project marketing as well I still think that's going to make things difficult for them yeah and obviously just the underlying population growth of Melbourne yeah. is something that they heavily rely on but mm. in, you know in saying that I guess the pipeline has come back from previous years but it's still quite elevated in Melbourne compared to other cities so that probably has the most impact I guess yeah. for their market absolutely if Australia continues on that trajectory, we should see a stronger employment market, which in turn will reduce the unemployment rate. Stability around jobs and employment obviously gives banks and mortgage lenders more confidence to lend people money. And with rates set, certainly for the foreseeable future, to stay really, really at those record low levels, mm -hmm. this in turn is going to continue. I don't you know, see huge house price increases over the sort of 12 to 24 month period because we've come off the back of a really good run, but certainly there'll be some strong confidence and stability across the market. 
For more information, download the 2021 Outlook Report from the Knight Frank Australia website or social media channels. I've been speaking with Knight Frank's Head of Residential, Shane Harris, and Erin Van Chul, Partner and Head of Sales at Crown Residences at Wamba Thank you for your time. Thanks, Michelle. Thanks, Michelle.